1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. He
1: automatically connected a specific node to a particular color. The technology and the circuitry of his brain became united. Effectively on 95 making Neo, seven, a cyborg.
2: And we welcome the infant Saturday morning to me, John it's an incredible feeling. As always, it is Warriors this week The we the hours, on 95 seven, day, wide wide Two days game to go in the NBA season. Uh, a couple of different scenarios by like
0: the Golden State Warriors as they take on the Spurs yes, and the
2: Pelicans here uh,
0: tonight and tomorrow. What's going on, my man? J.D., great to be with you. Unfortunately, uh, right now, I apologize, I can barely hear you, and I'm getting another audio feed very loudly that is that is not you. So bear with me here. I'm sure we'll, <laughs> we'll straighten that out. Uh, only a couple games left in the regular season. Uh, it looks like there's still some drama left for the Warriors since they battle the Spurs. But, but is there really the Warriors? Oh, looks like they're with comfortable with the third or the fourth seed. You can make the case that the Warriors thing. might be better off as For the fourth seed. The because unexpected. that would almost certainly mean a matchup with the collapsing jazz weather, in the first round. So while there's still the a matter of seeding we decided uh the words we were much more concerned with games, keeping everybody healthy and to play gone. well, especially at and the defensive end of the season. And again, apologies, I'm still Another getting uh something very loud that I'm hearing that has brain. nothing to do with you, there JD, and the final hair followed bone and teeth.
2: We've scoured We've the globe seven
1: seven to bring seven seven you the seven seven very eight weirdest eight stories.
0: I sent it to my family, I sent it
1: to my friends, I sent it to other monkey researchers. and said, Have you seen this? In this series, we'll examine the evidence,
2: test the, the, spots in the west, and unravel the mysteries. We'll
1: discover what in the weird world is going on. As
2: things currently stand right now, the Warriors do hold the third spot in the Western Conference picture. If they win In this episode, games we'll uh, uncover the secrets tomorrow, behind some of the natural world's uh,
3: weirdest
1: events.
2: Uh, you look at Dallas did... right now. Dallas has just one game to go, uh, and the Mavs uh, would need the Warriors to to lose uh, both, uh, lose one of those games, basically, uh, and and wind up in a tie. One of the two. Uh, actually, no, the Warriors, at this point, you look at them at 51-29, and 29, Dallas at 51-30. and 30. So if Dallas can get to 52 and the Warriors split, uh, that would be uh, what would flip-flop Dallas and, and Golden State to where the Mavs would be three. Uh, Utah and Denver still could flip-flop there. Uh, and then you've got the, the Spurs and the Pelicans, who the Warriors are going to face the next couple of nights. They're locked into facing each other in the 9-10 game of the play-in tournament. And as you look at that now, uh, the Pelicans have a two-game lead with two to go. And so you're seeing San Antonio already tonight against the Warriors. <laughs> uh, they're sitting players out. No Keldon Johnson, no DeJounte Murray, no Jakob uh, no Devin Vassell for the Spurs in, in this one tonight against the Warriors. The Warriors are sitting out Clay Thompson tonight uh, v- via the, the official uh, injury report. So no Steph Curry. Uh, Clay Thompson sitting out tonight, which would indicate he would play tomorrow. Uh, second of the back to back, and then uh, the Warriors rolling with everybody else that that had been playing normally in the first of back to back. So no Curry, no no Thompson, no Wiseman right. tonight.
0: Right. It does look JD like the Warriors are going to split up the, um, the the load management. So Clay tonight presumably. Quarter placed, tonight. ID would may be placed tonight. We'll see about Draymond. So yeah, it does look like they're taking the split approach. But uh, as you said, the Spurs, given Steve Kerr, and the Warriors a helping hand tonight. Although again, I I'm still not sure where the Warriors would rather be. I know you and I yesterday uh, discussed this. You and I agree you'd rather be third than fourth, and you'd rather be. We think. Uh, it would behoove you to be in the uh, Phoenix, excuse me, in the Memphis side of the bracket rather than the Phoenix side. But, I mean, you could make the case uh, either way. And, and I do think it's important, one important consideration, given that the Warriors are almost certainly going to have to get Steph back during the postseason and then kind of ramp up, as Andre Igadala has said. I think. Um, it would be beneficial to play a team that was struggling more in that first round, and that appears to be Utah. You never know, but I do think, I, I, don't you think, JD? Right now, I think the Warriors, um, they would be pretty comfortable third or fourth here. You want to play well these last couple of games, you want to stay healthy, but as far as third or fourth, I don't know that it matters that much to them. Yeah, there's two questions you have
2: to ask yourself, and the first question is who do you want to play in the first round? And I, I don't think it matters who you play in the, in the first round between Utah or, or Denver. I really don't. Uh, you mentioned the Jazz who who blew another lead, and, and they seem yep. to be collapsing here down, down the stretch of the season, Whitey. Uh, I, I think it's a very comfortable game for the Warriors against the Jazz. I think they know they're never out of a game uh, against the Jazz. Uh, I think you know, Denver has the Jokic problem, which may be the biggest problem that any single player possesses of those two teams if you're going to face them. Uh, so But at the same time, I'm not sure Denver has enough offensive firepower beyond Jokic to where I look at that series almost as Jokic is going to do whatever he wants. The Warriors are going to try to make it as hard as possible on him. And ultimately, over a series, Denver will not have enough from the others. I feel like Utah has more others, but they don't necessarily have the star power that can take over a game, and, and just I keep coming back to the Warriors being so comfortable with the way the Jazz defend them. The Jazz are not as athletic a team as, as Denver is. Like, Denver has some, some scrappers. Uh, it's, it's Jokic and a bunch of scrappers, but it's Jokic and a bunch of scrappers that are probably not uh, – they're probably, uh, you know, other than maybe Aaron Gordon, a lot of guys that should be and would be coming off the, the Nuggets bench if Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. were playing.
0: Yeah, I agree with you that the Warriors are not overly concerned with either team in the first round, but I do think there's a lot to be said for for playing Utah. Uh, you mentioned they blew another lead last night. We saw what happened to the Warriors last week in a chase, and a couple of days before that, what happened to the the Jazz against the Clippers in L.A. as they wrapped up that road trip and they blew a 25 point lead. So they've they've made a habit over the last couple of weeks of blowing massive leads and. Chemistry-wise, you know, there have been issues. Some of this is rumored, but some of it is real between Mitchell and Gobert. So that's a team headed in the wrong direction at a time of year when you know you want everything to be coming together. So I think that would be a near-ideal first-round matchup. Now, you also have this factor, and I know you you know—you you went over the, all the various possibilities. Um, there, you get an ice cream headache when you start saying, okay, if this team wins, that team loses, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, Dallas is wrapping up. Of course, they beat Portland last night, as we knew they would. So they wrap up against San Antonio. Luca is not supposed to play in that one because he got teed up again last night and triggering the automatic suspension. I say not supposed to play because there's some talk that maybe they'll appeal. So Luca's probably not going to play in the season finale for the Dallas Mavericks. But but given the lineup the Spurs have on the floor tonight against words, I don't know that it matters. No, it, it, it may not matter.
2: And I think yeah. that's it, – it, it, it's in line with the comments from, from earlier this week from the commissioner, Adam Silver, expressing yeah. concern over star players not playing enough during the regular season. And now you know, here we are in the final couple of days in the season, and, and the NBA this year has gone to kind of an NFL or a Major League Baseball format for these last two days. None of the – they tried to make it where – You know, certain games that had implications were all played at at the same time. So one team couldn't have an advantage over the other. And and I think what they found is teams just don't care. (laughs) Teams don't (laughs) care about seeding. Or if you're going to have home court in the first round, it doesn't matter for three or four. Like like you're just seeing this indifference that, that so often is in play with regard to, you know, injuries and health and rest above
0: all else. Yeah, it's really comical, isn't it? We know that there are teams. Well, one team in particular, up north, that would do anything, anything to get into the play-in. They haven't been in the playoffs what sixteen straight years now. Sacramento would have done anything to get in the play-in. They failed again this year. On the other hand, you have the Spurs. They didn't really care if they're in the play-in or not. They weren't really, you know, they're kind of semi-tanking. And it's like, oh look, we're we're. In the- We didn't even really want to be in the plan. Okay, well, that's great, I guess. We'll take it. And then, you know, look what happened to the Lakers. It's just comical. And then to see where you've got, oh, well, you could still win home court. Um, unlikely, but they could still earn home court in that (laughs) play-in game against New Orleans. Like, that's all right. Yeah, (laughs) they can have it. (laughs) It's not that important to us. Uh, It's just comical. All that said, you know, the the play-in, a lot has been made of the fact that the play-in seems to have minimized tanking to a degree. A little bit, at least a little bit, but to the point you just made. I mean, it's an NBA tradition. Last couple of days of the season, there's rampant tanking for seeding purposes. That happens all the time. We don't talk about it, and sometimes we don't pay attention to it because after it's done, it's like, all right, here come the playoffs. But some of it gets a little uh, embarrassing. The worst now, they you know, given all the guys that they can rest. Uh, and under reasonable circumstances, they kind of can perhaps choose whether they want to be three or four. They don't really have to blatantly tank to do it. I just wonder if they had their druthers, which one they'd rather be. On the surface, it seems like, well, you'd much rather be third. I don't know. Anthony Slater even made the point in The uh, uh, Athletic, as we discussed yesterday, J.D., that there are some people in the organization who would rather be in the Suns' half of the bracket. So I wonder how they're feeling about that. A split decision there, but uh, bottom line again, I think the Warriors are perfectly comfortable with the third or the fourth seed at this point. So,
2: so two questions: eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. We've we've kind of answered the first one. It, it's who do you want in the first round between Utah and Denver? And then the second question is what you just brought up: which side of the bracket do you want to be on? Do you want to be the three, which means you play Memphis in the second round? If you're the four, that means you would play Phoenix in the second round, and then you see who's, who's waiting for you on the back end if you're, if you're able to make it through. I'd rather be on the Memphis side of the bracket. The Suns have been the best team in the league yes. all year long and, and somewhat flown under the radar, I think, in part because the Warriors, for a good chunk— Really, the first half of the season, the Warriors were, were either right there with the Suns or even slightly ahead of them for, for a good stretch. And so I think the Warriors kind of stole the headlines, and, and deservedly so, because of the start that they got off to and, and you know, kind of being back on the NBA map uh, after a couple of years of, of being dormant as far as contender status goes. So I understand that, but Utah, around January, just put it in another gear and have kind of cruised to the best record in the NBA. I mean, they're eight and a half games better than the, than the team with the next rec- best record, which is which is Memphis. So to me, you you want to avoid them. Uh, they're going to win 60, 64, 65 games. You want to avoid them as long as possible. Memphis, for as much as as they are on the come, and they are a terrific team, and you could make the case that they pose some matchup problems in a different way than, than the Suns do, I still think the Grizzlies could be at a point where they're a year away and the Warriors' experience level in, in you know, big games with the big three plus Igodala could, could carry them through a series where, where Memphis is kind of going through that drama for the first time, uh, it, really with expectations and, and trying to make a run. So to me, the longer you can delay playing the best team, and the Suns have been the best team all year, I would prefer that route. So I, I want, would want the Warriors to be in the, in the three spot doesn't really matter Utah or Denver, but three spot, be on the Memphis side of the bracket. Take your chances there and then see if you can get a shot at Phoenix in the back end.
0: I was with you on that 100% until last night. Uh, everything you say makes uh, an awful lot of sense. By the way, with the Grizzlies as well, Jaw is questionable for the game against New Orleans. They want to get him in, or I guess he wants to play at least uh, you know one more regular season game. But there is a the matter of his health going forward, his knee, how that could impact them. We'll see. But I was with you as far as which side of the bracket you want to be on until last night. Watching again another ghastly collapse by uh, the Utah Jazz and Donovan Mitchell in the fourth quarter was like he that, no he didn't. They need a lot more out of him. Uh, and so I, I just think if I'm for the worst, I think they're much better off Utah in the first round. And if that puts you in the Suns bracket, so be it. And that's where you and I disagree. I we do agree on that. Warriors don't have to be overly concerned with either team. But again, to me, given that you got things you got to figure out with Steph coming back, I would much rather play. And I think the Warriors would be in much better shape if they're playing Utah in the first round than Denver. Jokic is, I mean, to me, he's the MVP easily. I don't know that he'll get it. Uh, I don't know that the voters, you know, matters more what they think than I think. Um, I don't know if they'll see it that way, but Jokic, is, he's had an amazing year. And as you said, they got some strappy, scrappy players that they play with a lot of confidence against the Warriors. Warriors, I think, look at those Denver games and figure, you know, we, we could have beaten those guys. But Utah is just ripe for the plucking. And I think that's a perfect first-round opponent for the Warriors, given the issues they're still trying to figure out.
2: Yeah, and there's just there's there's more chances. I think Utah's a little bit in their own head. I think the way yeah. that Utah defends the, the Warriors with the drop coverage and, and basically allowing three point shooters to get open looks, even if the Warriors are not making open looks it, at early in games, those shots are always going to be there. So you feel like there's going to be a stretch in a game against Utah where the Warriors do get hot, and that's been the case essentially in every matchup that that they've played against each other. The, the one game. That the Jazz were were able to win, and they blew the Warriors out in Salt Lake City. It was a very loose first quarter, and then the Jazz really hit the Warriors on the boards in in that game and, and took control of it. That was the game that started the the Warriors' downfall, really, up until these these last three games, uh, right before the, the All Star break. There, I, I think it's you know, Utah in a way is more dangerous, uh, just more more offensively talented. I think once you look at at. Once you get beyond Jokic, like Denver is Denver is grinders. Denver is you know, guys that are going to play hard, that are going to make you earn it. But you'll you'll definitely earn it if you meet that challenge in terms of, of their their competitiveness. Jokic puts a scare into you, but I don't think he could he could win a series against the Warriors uh, as long as Curry's playing and everybody's playing, you know, one man band in it. I, I really don't. I think he could win a game or two in a series like that, but ultimately the rest of the Nuggets are probably not going to hit enough shots, and and I think would wear down. They're not an incredibly deep team uh, over the course of a playoff series, where you know what frequently happens, right? As a playoff series goes on, it becomes a battle of who has the more playable players. You know, it's essentially yeah. teams make make players one-dimensional or unplayable and I feel like the Warriors have more that they could do to take some of the other Denver players out
0: quick point here I know you probably want to get to the phones JD uh, but a quick point to what you just said about Gobert it's a fascinating point the way the Warriors destroyed him uh, in drop coverage it reminded me this going back last Saturday reminded me I'm going back a ways 1986 World Series Bear with me here. The Mets and the Red Sox were playing, and there was an obvious bunting situation in one of the games. Mets, of course, ended up winning the series. But the Mets had an obvious bunting situation, and Howard Johnson was at the plate, and he didn't bunt. And you know, reporters, media were like, how in the world do you not bunt there? And after the game, Davey Johnson said, he can't bunt. He doesn't know how to bunt, so that's why we didn't have him bunt. So maybe that's part of the the issue here is, Gobert, why is he in drop coverage? It's possible that they know that – as dangerous as that is for them, if they do have him switch and try to guard people on the perimeter, I don't know that he could do it. So it's a matter of picking your poison, and it gets us back to the Warriors and their ability to really compromise other teams' bigs. As we've said a million times, it's not uncommon for uh, the box score after a Warriors-Jazz game to show that Colbert has a huge game and Utah loses. So I understand your point about the Jazz and, and, and the Nuggets. I would much rather from the Warriors play the Jazz in the first round. All right, he's Whitey Gleason.
2: I'm John Dickinson, 888-957-9570. Let's get to the phone lines, and we'll start with Mike in Daly City here on 95.7 The Game. What's going on,
3: Mike? Hey, good morning. Um, I have a separate point, not related to the playoffs, but uh, in response to your questions, I agree that the Memphis bracket is where I want to be, and that's what you can control by winning these two games. Um, I don't care that much between Utah and Denver. I I see both your arguments on that. Um, But one point I wanted to bring up was there's three teams in the East that if the Warriors should happen to get to the finals and want to win the whole thing, uh, they got home court issues with all of those teams except from Miami. They can't catch them. But all the other three in the East, if they should meet in the finals, the Warriors are a game ahead of all of them right now. And I wanted to see if you think that's even worth considering These last two games, try and win them just in case. Yeah, that's a
2: that's a great question, and I know know, Steve 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 Kerr's been asked about this in the past. And again, it's it. I'm I'm always I'm a little reluctant to go totally with that answer because the Warriors were in such a different place years ago uh, when they were basically the one or the two seed automatically. He would get asked that question about home court in the finals. And he would say that that the Western Conference was was more the goal and once you get to the finals like you can't try and really map that out or, or plan it out I do think it I do think it matters and I do think it's beneficial to have it versus not having it and that's a great point I mean currently they would not have it against Miami but they would have it against Milwaukee and, and Boston and we'll have to see how how things shake out here in the next uh, couple of games uh, but it, it, and, and over the next two days but yeah I think you'd, you'd rather have it than not have it if you're going to play one of those two teams in the finals but are you going to chase it it kind of gets back to the conversation we were having a few minutes ago off the top of the show I don't I don't think the Warriors or any team right now are really looking at it like we want to make sure we we can have home court on on Milwaukee or want to make sure like they're just not thinking that far down the line.
0: Right. It is a great point. Thank you, Mike, for the call. Appreciate that. As far as how the Warriors are approaching the last two games, to me, the fact that Clay's out tonight, but he's the only one whose load you're trying to manage who's out tonight, that tells me the Warriors are trying to win both of these games. Otherwise, you know, they might play everybody tonight, and then, all right, last game of the season, we don't care. So the fact that it appears they're splitting up, Clay's load management with maybe Draymond's and Porter's and the Iguodala's. I think that is the only, you know, you obviously can't have everybody play both games. I know you made that proposal yesterday, J.D., and the only way you could do that, as you mentioned, was to limit the minutes. So I do think they're trying to win both these games, and I don't know if home court in the finals is something they're considering. You would rather have it, but I just think primarily – it looks to me like they are trying to uh, nail down the third spot, but prim- primarily they just want to continue to play well, especially defensively, continue to shoot well, and stay as healthy as they can heading into the postseason.
3: eight,
2: nine five seven, nine five seven zero. As far as the scenarios go, we'll kind of reset that throughout the morning uh, and on into the afternoon, as we got a full day of Warriors coverage here on ninety five seven. The game uh, currently, Warriors are sitting in third. Denver is 6th, Dallas is 4, Utah 5, so it would be the Warriors and Nuggets right now as the 3-6. It would be Dallas and Utah as the 4-5. For the Warriors to clinch the 3 spot, they either need two wins the next two games or one win plus a Dallas loss tomorrow. Dallas plays San Antonio tomorrow, and you laid out Luka Doncic may not play in that game for picking up his his 16th technical foul, so we'll keep you updated uh, on that uh, if if it gets rescinded and, and the like. But, yeah, the Warriors, of those three games that are left, the two the Warriors have to play and the one Dallas has to play, the Warriors need two of those three to to go their way. Uh, they can handle it themselves with two wins, or it could be one win plus Dallas loses tomorrow, and that could make the Warriors' end of things tomorrow a, a moot point, uh, and that would lock them into the three. If the Warriors do lose one of those games uh and and the jazz win uh, i'm sorry and and the mavs win tomorrow then the mavs would flip and move up to 3 and the warriors would drop down to 4 and then at that point it wouldn't we'd have to see because utah and denver are going down to the down to the wire but it would put the warriors if they dipped to 4 and the suns half of the bracket utah and denver again they're going down to the final day on that one if utah wins uh then then they would be the 5 seed if Utah loses and Denver wins, uh, then Denver could flip flop with them and move up to the five and, and win that division as well, the, the Northwest division.
0: Yeah, but who does Utah play in their final game?
2: Utah is. I, I, Utah's playing. I forgot who Utah's playing tomorrow. I think actually. they're
0: playing the Portland Trailblazers, aren't they? So it, it, isn't that who they're finishing up against? So it yeah, looks like. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Utah, they appear to be a near lock for five. You never know. Crazy things can happen, but it's hard to see Utah, even as badly as they've been playing, falling to uh, a Portland team that really is not trying. Yeah, Quick Utah, at, on,
2: por- yeah, yeah, Utah yeah. at Portland, and that game's at the same time as the as the Warriors game against the Pelicans and the Spurs game against the Mavs. So all those games are, are at the same time. They're all right at the end of the night. Uh, I think the league trying to to drum up some drama. Yeah. Lakers and Nuggets tomorrow from Denver. All those games at at, at six. All the the Mavs, Warriors, Utah, Denver component, along with the Pelicans and
0: Spurs. All those teams playing at six thirty tomorrow night. Oh, that'll be that'll be exciting. Quick point yeah. on Luca. Uh, I'm not a I, you know he's a fine player. He does complain way too much. But I gotta say the play that he complained about, um, you know, and they destroyed Portland. Speaking of the Blazers. And he was at the end of the quarter, and he got—he complained because he got fouled. (laughs) He had a flare, and I don't—you know—I don't know which Blazer was. The Blazers are like almost literally having contests. Blazer fan, enter now, and you might play (laughs) in a game for us. I don't know who these guys are, but Luca got—he had a guy draped over his shoulder as he threw the ball at the basket, and they didn't call a foul. So I gotta say, in this case, I don't know—you know—what he said. Apparently. Uh, there were no ob- uh, obscenities, but I, in this case, I don't blame Luca for being a little upset because this is one of the most obvious fouls you'll ever see in an NBA game that he was complaining about. All right, he's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson.
2: 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. Got a text message here that we're going to get to Whitey on the other side. I'm already getting a little bit riled up with the texters. Ooh. It's been a few weeks. It's Ooh. been a few weeks. But we just got one that popped in here that's uh, already starting to make my blood boil a little bit. So we'll get into that. It's coming up next. It's Warriors This Week here on 95.7 The Game.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
2: Now back to Warriors this week on 95-7 The Game. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, 888-957-9570. 2 games to go for the Warriors in the regular season. They take on the Spurs tonight, Pelicans tomorrow, and then the playoffs begin. Whitey, one week from today, the playoffs begin. We'll find out whether the Warriors are going to start on Saturday or Sunday. All of the game ones to be played next weekend, Saturday or Sunday, with the play-in tournament to take center stage uh, over the course of the week. There's going to be play-in games Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and then the playoffs beginning uh, Saturday and Sunday. And we'll find out uh, probably Sunday night whether the Warriors are going to play on on Saturday or Sunday. And obviously, we'll find out who the Warriors are going to play as well between uh, Denver or Utah. Currently, it would be Denver. Whitey, I mentioned this before the break, uh the texters—it's been a—it's—it's it's been a. There, there have been at times. Uh, uh you know, it's—it's it's been a love-hate relationship with the, Contentious with the texters at
0: times. Sure,
2: it's been a roller coaster
0: yeah, it, ride, just like this season.
2: Yes, uh, the Xfinity Mobile text line here. Right before we went to break from the seven o seven, enough seating talk. Ugh, with three exclamation points, <laughs> and look to you, seven o seven. What the hell else matters about these last two games other than seeding talk? You tell me. Because who the like, – I mean, we know who's not playing for San Antonio. We know who's not playing for the Warriors. It would be real simple to say, yeah, the Warriors want to win the last two games and get the three seed, and that's, and that's as simple as that, and they're going to play everybody and they're going to try to do it. But we don't know that that's the case. In fact, we know Clay Thompson's not playing tonight and Otto Porter and, and Iguodala and Draymond are probably not playing tomorrow night. So <laughs> the, the reality is there isn't much juice in either one of these games other than are the Warriors going to play Utah or Denver? We've got to find out. Here are the scenarios. Are they going to be on the Phoenix side of the bracket? Are they going to be on the Memphis side of the bracket? Like, that's
0: all that matters in the next 72—you know, 48 to 72 <laughs> hours. Easy. Easy, easy. I feel like I'm getting in between you and the official to, you know, try to make sure you don't you don't get teed up here, JD. Easy, we're gonna be gonna be okay. Real quick, I I looked at this from the Dallas side. I just checked, you know, as anyone could, you know, Dallas Morning News, and I was just wondering if you're the Mavs, who would you rather play of those two teams? And there's nothing official, of course. Nobody on the Je- on the Mavs is gonna say we'd rather play this team. Have a couple writers, and they had a split decision on it. And it gets back to really what, what we've been saying here. Right now, I think there's every reason to think, no matter how it ends up, who's, who's third, who's fourth, the Mavericks in, and the Warriors are, are probably both going to advance because Utah, as we've said a million times, they appear to be unraveling a little bit. And the Nuggets, for all the problems I've given the Warriors this year, uh, you know the point you've made many times they're really short-handed. they really miss jamal murray and michael porter jr and they ain't coming through that door so both teams appear very vulnerable here um and i think it's a toss-up wh- whether you're looking at it from the mavs perspective or the warriors as far as which team you'd want to get in the first round eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero let's get hex
2: in san francisco hex you're on 95.7 the game hey
4: hey guys love your show um I, I'm, I'm definitely on the uh, Utah side of the bracket at Phoenix. And for just a couple smell tests, I mean, you're, you're already saying the right stuff. We know Utah's in a complete mess right now. But, you know, the last game that the Warriors, every time you see the Warriors playing Denver, I don't feel good. And the last game, Denver was playing strong until Jokic ran out of gas at the end of the third quarter. They just, you know, he just owns the middle. And if they had kept passing the ball to him and he had had any energy, I think Denver could have won that game. So I'm much more worried about playing Denver than I am playing Utah. But even more so, when I look at the smell test, every time the Warriors play Phoenix, even though I get concerned with the man in the middle for Phoenix and Chris Paul and you know a lot of tools that they've got, the Warriors, it's like two more mature teams, and I think the Warriors play better with them. I think Memphis has an attitude about beating the Warriors. They're young. They're aggressive. Ja, I think, just likes nothing better than to go off and tee off on the Warriors. And so I I would be much rather playing Utah and Phoenix.
2: Thanks for the call. I mean, good call, well thought out. Mm -hmm. I think there is a case to be made for it either way, Whitey. I mean, the eye test in the Suns matchups this year, head-to-head, Warriors and Suns, would tell you the Warriors have more than held their own against Phoenix. I'm a little reluctant though because I do think Phoenix has been the best team all year. He's right about Memphis. Memphis plays the Warriors like they hate the Warriors and 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 want to take them out and want to be the the next version of what the Warriors were five and six years ago. Like that that's kind of how Memphis feels to me. Uh, this year's maybe not that year, but maybe they're a year or, or two away from from trying to be that that kind of team. Uh and I do think the key difference between Denver and Utah, Denver is more connected. They are more connect like they like each other. They're gonna play hard for each other, they're gonna all be on the same page. You know, Jokic running out of gas, though, is is kind of part of what I'm talking about. Like he can do his thing, but can he do his thing for seven games? I'm not so sure. And can the rest of those players who are up a role, I think, in terms of pecking order because their second and third best players are out or are in in a lot of ways going to be asked to do more than they're capable of. And I think that gets more
0: difficult as a playoff series goes on. J.D., when I think about it, I don't see too much difference between playing Utah or Denver. But to the point that Hex made, what I feel, having watched these games, is just what I feel is there's something about the Nuggets – that um, maybe scares me is, is a little strong. But from the Warriors' perspective, it's like eh, I would rather play Utah than Denver. Now, as far as Jokic running out of gas, that was a second game of a back-to-back, right? Um, there's something a about the way Denver played the Warriors this year. And I know denvers they're really shorthanded. Uh, And maybe to a degree, they're they're running on fumes. There's something about the way they played the Warriors this year that gives me pause. I don't think the Warriors really fear Denver, but Denver plays with a great deal of confidence uh, against the Warriors. As far as the Warriors and the Suns, you could probably say this about a handful of matchups. Um, but i don't feel like we've seen the best of either team in any of those matchups the warriors have played them well and you made a great point i think it was last week you pointed out how well they've played aiton and how well they've played booker defensively but you know booker missed a game cam johnson missed the last game clay wasn't available uh, one of the things that's really interesting about that matchup should we get there is i to me we haven't seen anything close to the best version of either team in any of their matchups so far this regular season
2: no, that's a good point. And I think part of that has been the the Warriors defensively have been pretty good against them for the most part as as you laid out. Uh but I I, I don't there's a part of me that's thought at times maybe the Warriors have a little something on Phoenix. Like like they mm-hmm. have like they have ways that they can they can be a problem for Phoenix more than than maybe some some other teams. And I do think it's interesting as far as um as far as you know Memphis and the edge that that Memphis plays yeah. with, uh, in, in comparison to where they they are just so aggressive and I mean it's just they want to take the Warriors out and and they've got an athletic advantage. It, it feels like the the Warriors and Suns athletically are more even uh, that the Warriors can hang with them. I think you know that's another one of the key differences between Denver and Utah. You know Denver's got Jokic, but they've also got better athletes. You know they've they've got. Scrappers right they've got Aaron Gordon who can get up and down the court and 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 can you know be a, be a problem they've got will Barton who's been a problem throughout his career uh, against the Warriors again players that maybe are up Monte Morris players that are up in terms of role in a pecking order over where they should be but they're they're a team full of they're a team full of grinders they're a team full of athletes and they, they do they do embody their coach as well I think you're going to get a more a more conscientious concerted effort. Uh, against Denver. I mean, it sounds like maybe I'm making the case for, for Utah now, but I, I don't really think it matters. But I do think there are things Denver – there are problems, uh, intangibles, let's say, that, that Denver possesses that, that Utah maybe doesn't that could make life more difficult. I just don't think either team, Whitey, either has, has enough uh, uh, to, to beat the Warriors in a seven-game series, especially if we're talking about Steph Curry coming back.
0: The Warriors are a veteran team. We know that, battle-tested and all of that. That's true. So are the Suns. Uh, Utah, a veteran team. Denver, led by a veteran. Memphis, on the other hand, is like a different animal uh, with the level of intensity they bring sometimes. And, yeah, they still don't have uh, the playoff experience that some of these other teams do, but they're so young and springy and they've got that attitude as well that they're kind of an X factor that you wonder, especially on the road, can the Warriors match that? Uh, on the road if Memphis is playing well and they're bringing that, you know, unique among these Western teams, that unique level of energy that they bring. So that's why I think I, – well, speaking for myself, that's why I think – me- I look at Memphis like, I don't know, there's something a little uh, disconcerting about that matchup, and I think that's, that's what fans are feeling too about that potentially.
2: Let's get Scott and Berkeley next year on ninety-five-seven. The
3: Game. Hey, Scott. Good morning, fellas. How you doing? Hey, good. I, I've, I'm. I'll fully admit I'm falling into the Utah category, and I'm just kind of like playing out the whole Western Conference in my head because my logic says this. I would rather play Phoenix in the second round, obviously, than play Memphis. In a way, I'm looking at the Memphis bracket, and I'm thinking if they get the two seven, and you know they get the two seven and Minnesota gets there. I'm not com- I would be kind of worried about going against Minnesota, especially if I'm Josh simply because you know Patrick Beverley does have a little bit of a reputation for doing something a little bit off the board. So that would be that would be something I would worry about and then getting figuring that they get Dallas that the talk holds. That would be probably a rough, a rough series for them. But the thing I would go to with Memphis and what I, what really, really begins to bother me is that, John, like you said a couple of minutes ago, they have something for the Warriors, but they have something for everybody. They are just kind of like, they don't like anybody. And to a certain extent, they kind of remind me of the 2015 Warriors. There's something about that team that, you know, the lack of experience, and we can talk about that. It's kind of like if you're going to the club and you've got a you've got a team that you know or a person that gets it, get that gets in ahead of everybody else. That may be Memphis, and I just if they get past everybody, I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't be. I'll talk to you guys later. Have a nice day.
0: Thank you. Yeah,
2: thanks, Scott. I know we had Ramona Shelburne on yesterday. we were filling in for for Damon and Ratto in the, in the afternoon, and you know she was very high on Memphis as hey they could they could they they were her pick to win the title next year, yeah. basically a year away. But but look out next year.
0: Hmm. Yeah. There's there's an edge. There's something about them that's a little bit. Um, a little bit different they're a little more volatile than some of these other teams what that's going to mean in the postseason we'll see but it's interesting cuz they're so athletic and youthful and they have that edge but they also have all that on that foundation of what Taylor Jenkins has built there as i've said before it's a very repeatable brand of basketball based on you know kind of the the Spurs model as so many teams are it's really solid and i think the proof of that has been how well they've played when jaw has been out real quickly not to you know nitpick with Scott but he talked about uh, you know Memphis against Minnesota. Well, maybe. I mean, it just brings up the point that you're looking at the play-in right now at the eight spot. I mean, they could climb up to seven if they win that play-in. The Clippers are really kind of an X-factor now. They, you know, they've won three in a row. Paul George is back, so I'm not saying oh the Clippers are going to win it all, but they're a team that's uh you got to keep an eye on here. They could they could uh, throw a surprise at somebody uh, or two in the playoffs. They would be a dangerous matchup, I think, for either Memphis or, or Phoenix
2: for, for a first round matchup, right? Yeah, because they've been a yeah. team you know, gr- that really ground their way to five hundred without Paul George essentially or Kawhi and now Paul George is back and, and look they gave they gave Phoenix a scare. I mean, point blank. I mean it was <laughs> I mean they they mm-hmm. knocked out Utah and gave Phoenix a scare last year and, and you saw Paul George almost become more of a threat without Kawhi Leonard which was kind of odd I mean that was something that I don't think anybody anybody saw coming but you take Kawhi out and Paul George was able to elevate his team in ways that Paul George really has never been able to elevate his teams
0: yeah it's been um, you know to his credit it's clearly it's a matter of all right what do we need here all right Kawhi's not here all right climb on my shoulder so um, it's been a good story, interesting story. They kind of are a combination of that superstar element that they brought in with just Paul George and the grinder element that they had, you know, when they upset the uh, uh, they nearly upset the words, gave them problems in the playoff back in 2019. So it's an interesting thing going on there. Pelicans, Spurs, you know, those are two teams that really don't belong in the playoffs, so we'll see. But Clippers are a team even down there, maybe eighth, maybe up to seventh. They, uh, they're kind of an X factor in the playoffs this year, potentially.
2: Yeah, and I, I hope that just you know quickie on the on the play-in tournament. My hope would be that that the Spurs and, and Pelicans just just find their way out. <laughs> I know I know one <laughs> of them's going to be playing for a shot to to get in. And and no offense, I mean the Pelicans are a much better team than they were at the at the beginning of the season. I know Willie Green get, gets a lot of credit for that, and they've got CJ McCollum now, and they're playing much better than they were early in the season. But give me give me Minnesota and the Clippers just from a from a watchability standpoint. Uh they they've had I think a a special season as a team that, that has underachieved you know, over the last few years. And you look at, at where they are you know, currently in the standings and you look at their record, you know, they're they're the team that, that to me is the case against the play in tournament, right? They're seventh, mm-hmm. they're two games out of sixth, they're obviously not gonna get sixth, but they're two games out of sixth. Uh, but they're five and a half games uh, ahead of eighth, and so it's like it, that Minnesota is the team, and and there are going to be teams like that on a year in year out basis. I think as as long as the playing tournament lives, that just shouldn't even have to be in the playing tournament. I think Memphis is the first the first team that I would put into that category of shouldn't even have to be in the playing tournament. So I really hope that those teams don't wind up getting knocked out. I want to see Memphis. I'm sorry, I want to see Minnesota play Memphis or play Phoenix or whoever. I think that's an entertaining series. I want to see the Clippers play Memphis or Phoenix. I think that, that makes for uh, entertaining series when you don't always get entertaining series in the 1-7 or the one eight two seven
0: matchups. That's where the Warriors were last year, right, in that play-in thing. And by the way, and I'm not making fun here, you just said special season, and I know you don't throw that around for J.D. to say a team's I mean, having a special they're season. Yeah. They're 46-35. I know. I mean, I'm that's, with you. I'm with you. Yeah. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's quite a season. I, I want to say this about them, too. I thought this was interesting, and I think you and I may have discussed it. I think we discussed it yesterday when we were in for Damon and Ratto. But before um, we went on yesterday, I was talking to Guru, and I was talking to Stiney, and we were talking about teams that foul a lot because the Warriors are third in the league in fouls committed, which is, you know, Steve Kerr doesn't like it. They're third, Detroit second, and first is the Timberwolves. And I know that Steiny knows their coach because they went to the same college or, or whatever. But he was saying, you know, Coach Finch doesn't mind that. And I said, what do you mean? Because, you know, the Warriors don't like all these fouls. How come... Minnesota doesn't mind uh, committing all these fouls. And you say, because they've been so bad defensively over the years, he just appreciates that they're in there digging. And you mentioned Patrick Beverly. So, yeah, I know you mentioned yesterday, you know, Coach Finch may be a Coach of the Year candidate. Uh, yeah, they, they've had a wonderful season. You, that's, that's the downside of the play-in. You got a team like that, that's a, that's a team that's earned a playoff spot this year. But, you know, with the advantages they have built in here, you just got to win one and two games. They should end up in the postseason, the legitimate, the actual postseason.
2: Yeah, I, I think I, I think Chris Finch does deserve some some Coach of the Year consideration because he, he and it really started last year when he took over midseason, uh, coming from the Toronto staff, and it's you know, he basically went in there and said, "Look, y'all are soft, y'all don't defend. You got a <laughs> lot of talent, but you got to play. You got to play harder, and you got to play with more of an edge. And you got to play like you care every night. and And yeah, if that means you are borderline chippy, but your effort level is going to." going to be raised then so be it and they've become a borderline chippy team which I think you know there there aren't a lot of teams that are that way in the league right right now so I think those teams really stand out and so look they're not going to make a run or anything like that they're probably going to be out in the first round whether they play Memphis or Phoenix assuming they make it through the play-in tournament like I said I hope they do but but they are They've got a lot of young talent, and so to see this be the start of a, a progression for them, I think is is good for the league because they do play a style of basketball that that really is is long gone. I think in the NBA, just kind of a volatile. They kind of remind me of a Nelly Warriors in a way. I, I you know just in terms of you know they 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 do some really explosive things that are great. They do some kind of dumb things that aren't so great. Like they're they're just they've been my watch of the year this year in the NBA, just for pure entertainment purposes.
0: I think we're going to learn a lot about where they are as a franchise, as a team, where their culture is from that play-in game against the Clippers, because they're going to be home. They should take care of business, but the Clippers are, you know, they're not going to roll over. So I think that's going to be a great game. Uh, we'll see what Minnesota has uh, to bring to the table in that play-in game, that 7-8 game, T-Wolves and Clippers. I'm looking forward to that one.
2: Let's get Austin and San Jose uh, on ninety-five-seven. The game. What's going on, Austin? Austin, you there? Nope, Austin. I guess we don't have Austin. No. We'll, oh, uh, we'll, we'll Austin. We'll get Austin back, uh, back and locked and loaded in here. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. The Xfinity mobile text line. And this is a good point, And I think at times we don't look we don't look at it enough from you know, this angle. Uh, while we're discussing who the Warriors would rather play, other teams should be worried about landing the Golden State side of the bracket. As great as the Suns and Grizzlies have been this year, none of their players have crested the championship hill like the Warriors have. Also, the Warriors have a top defense in the league. Teams should be worried about us, meaning the Warriors. 650, good text. Text of the day nominee, Whitey?
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Text of the day nominee. I know Draymond was talking about that, that, uh, yeah, teams going to be afraid of us. We've seen it a little bit. To be honest, though, J.D., and you've watched this team a lot closer and a lot longer than I have, I really haven't seen that from other teams. Uh, to me, and we don't know what the Warriors are going to look like. We still don't once the playoffs start. There's every reason to think that Steph's back, clicking on all cylinders, or playing better. But just looking at the way teams have played against the Warriors this year since the All-Star break – I don't think we've seen a lot of teams that uh, look like they're daunted by playing the warriors. I think that's because their defense had been so bad in stretches. So I'm not saying the Warriors can't get that back. I'm not saying the texture is incorrect, but honestly right now looking at the way teams have played the Warriors, I don't think they have uh they're very fearful of playing golden state of late. No, I, I think there is a, the, the mystique in some ways is
2: gone as far as the other teams. Now, you know, I, I, you know, take that as your attitude at, at your own peril, right? I mean, it really, right. because I right. think you, you, the Warriors could find it in a big-time way very quickly, and I think that's what they're hoping that they can do is, is find it in a way mm-hmm. where all of a sudden we're in the middle of a second-round series and the Warriors look like the Warriors. And, and you know, the, to me, we're going to find out very quickly, probably by maybe the second game of the second round, where all of a sudden – like, if the Warriors can make that run. Like, we're going to – I'm not saying we're going to know if they will because nobody does, but I think we're going to know by game, game two of the second round, whoever they play, uh, just, just where the Warriors are at based on the, let's say, five, six, seven, eight games that have taken place to that point.
0: Yeah, one of the things that I'll be looking for in the Warriors, even their first playoff game, whoever they're playing, whatever the conditions, in the fourth quarter – Do they bring that extra level of defense that you see from the very best teams? You know, going back to some of the great teams you've seen, certainly great Warrior teams, there's an extra level of defense that you see in the games that matter most in the NBA in the fourth quarter. I think with Iguodala back, uh, that Peyton lineup, and maybe Draymond on the floor with them as well, I think there's a very good chance we'll see that. But that's one of the things I'll be looking for as I'm trying to get an idea of just how legitimate of a contender this Warrior team is going to be.
2: All right, let's get – got Austin back in San Jose. Austin, you're on 95-7, the game here as we close out the the first hour. What's up, Austin? Hey, fellas,
4: how you doing this Saturday? Good. Listen, uh, a couple quick quick comments, guys. Uh, I'm kind of in favor of the uh, – I'm kind of going against the grain a little bit with Utah. I think Utah – first of all, I don't think the Warriors can overlook anybody, guys. That's the first thing. I don't think that we play consistently enough through the year where we can overlook Utah or Phoenix – but I'm kind of going with the Phoenix uh, uh, portion of it, guys. I think that there's something psychological where the Warriors would actually prefer to play Phoenix. And I think the reason why, if you look at guys like GP2 and so on, I think we can disrupt uh, – there's a lot of disruption, I think, that the Warriors, believe it or not, can do to Phoenix. Um, and if we can get Phoenix knocked off early, man, that, that's, uh, that opens up a lot of things for the, for the Dubs. So, yeah, I'm, I'd like to see us play Phoenix sooner than later, to be honest with you guys. And that's all I got. Thanks a lot.
2: Thanks, Austin. There is a case to be made, and I, I made it a little bit yesterday. You know, would Would you rather play Phoenix when you're fresher? You know, let's assume you get going in that first round, and you know, would you rather play Phoenix? Just hey, you're going to have to maybe beat them no matter what. Would you rather play them and take a shot at them in the second round? Wouldn't you don't know if you're going to be healthier necessarily, but but if you are healthier, you're fresher. And if you're not healthy, you're probably not winning a series anyway. So you take a shot at them when you're fresher as opposed to maybe grinding through Memphis in a second-round series. And then now you're left with the Suns. Like, it would be harder to beat the Suns after you had to beat the Grizzlies, if that makes sense.
0: Austin mentioned the psychological Factor here. So I don't know what this really matters, if it matters at all in the big picture. But as he was uh, talking there, I realize when it comes to the psychological approach to these series, the Warriors love being underdogs. We, we going, going back to, you know, 2014 15, they love being in a position where we're going to prove everybody wrong. If you play the Suns, you're the underdog. Like, we're going to show everybody that this team's not better than us. If you play Memphis, you're, you're the favorite. You're the heavy favorite. Now, again, I don't know how much that matters, but I think Memphis also really. Um, they enjoy that underdog role as well. They they, they really uh, maximize that vibe. So that's just one of the differences between playing Phoenix and Memphis for the Warriors. You play the Suns, you're the underdog. It's you against the world, and the Warriors like that. You play Memphis, and they're the upstart underdogs.
2: Yeah, that, that that's a really good point. Uh, even though Memphis would be the, the better team, at least for, for right. this season, right. they would have had the, the better season going into it. But you're right, because of the experience, uh, and everything, and, and the Warriors being a team full of champions, and, and the Grizzlies as the upstart uh, that knocked the Warriors out in the play tournament a year ago. There would be a lot mm-hmm. of juicy storylines surrounding that matchup, but without question. 888 957 eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero, John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, one hour in the books. We've got two hours to come. A couple of simple questions for you on the phone line, on the Xfinity mobile text line. Who do you want to see in the first round between Dallas uh, – I'm sorry, between – Utah or Denver, and then which side of the bracket do you want to be on, the Suns or the Grizzlies, as far as the second round goes? We'll continue the conversation, hour number two next here on ninety-five seven. The Game.
1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.